0: Welcome to What The If News, the only news show that it's probably better to wear a mask while listening to, because we believe in safety first.
1: And we're worried about our listeners infecting us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, Zencaster, by the way, which we which is what we use for our audio. I don't know if they've changed the way their little music thing works. It's it just shut down. It just shut down. But I think it's because of the mask. We put the safety on. Safety mm-hmm. first.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um,
0: yeah, and uh, we are here as always. That uh, those lovely sonorous tones you hear are Professor are from Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University. How are you, sir?
1: Oh, uh, that's fine. I feel like I should be going by um, Dr. Stanley these days. Yes. Since uh, that is now a controversial thing somehow. Yeah. Correct. Kiddo. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, it looks like you're, you're uh, this is an audio program, so our listeners can't see, so I feel like I should advise them. It looks like you have a lovely, is that a pink bow on your microphone? What's happening?
1: There? Uh, it is not. It is, it is a um, a red post-it covering up my otherwise demonic light on my
0: microphone. Uh, <laughs> this is right right. There. That's like I I like the demonic like that. You should go for it. Also here Gab- uh, Gabriella aka Gabby Panicia from Rockefeller University aka Rock You,
2: <laughs> You know, How you know you? I yeah. am good. Actually, I was going to say, you know we have a we have a, a scientist here whose last name is Rock. He is the best email.
1: <gasps> wow. wow. That was well uh, planned. Yeah, it's, Can I think you it's smell really
0: what the rock is cooking.
2: You laugh, but he does have a giant life size cutout of Dwayne the Rock Johnson that his face is on.
0: So, <laughs> oh man, that's perfect. great. Wow. So his real name is his last name is Rock.
2: Yeah. And he's wow. he's he's a uh API here. So he runs a lab, studies tuberculosis. I, I rotated with him. Really, really nice guy, actually. But it, it's nice. really fun because the rock is very ominous in the river building.
0: Life size. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. The river building being the, uh, the the new building, right, at the uh, rock, r- relatively new building still at uh, yeah. Rockefeller University. If you're
2: driving but, up the FDR, you will
0: go underneath of it. That's right. And I uh, played a role in uh, raising $250 million. Thank wow. you very much. Woo. None of which was my personal money, but I edited a video that was used in the presentation package, which uh, that among other things like maybe the worldwide need for, you know, better knowledge of science <laughs> uh convinced people to donate money to build that so right on yeah it's a really cool I, actually i'd love to see it in person i've never, I've only seen it through the magic of video um today uh wow there's just tons of stuff tons of stuff the virus is uh, the, i don't want to say the virus is blowing up although unfortunately it is I know, kind of but the um uh news about the virus is also blowing up all kinds of things happening and so uh, what we do on this show is uh, each week we take a look at some of the news headlines and, and read a little bit of the, sto- of the excerpts from some of the stories. And Gabby helps us understand uh, some of the science inside, between the lines. Um, so here we have from, uh, Gabby, you sent me, this is from uh, science, the AAAS Magazine, newsletter, Mm -hmm. journal. It's
2: it's a magazine journal,
0: yeah. It's a magazine, and the AAAS means American
2: Association for the Advancement of Science.
0: Excellent. That's what we do here. The headline is: Mutant Coronavirus in the United Kingdom sets off alarms, but its importance remains unclear. So it's like a prank, you know. It's like the virus ran around. Pulling yeah, it, fire alarms. It pulled a bunch mm-hmm. of
2: fire alarms in the UK. They're really getting it under control right now.
0: Yeah. Uh the author here is he has a wonderful name. Cal Cooper Schmidt. Coop. Ko- Kooper- Coop. Yes. I don't know. I'm just going to go with it. I I totally botched that. I apologize. Reporter who works for AAAS. Kai Cooperschmidt reports, Science's COVID-19 reporting is support. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a little thing I'm starting there. Hey, Science's COVID-19 reporting is supported by the Pulitzer Center and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Oh, excellent. So is that related to the Simons? Uh, Jim Simons, perhaps? Seems likely, yeah. Yeah. Here's the article from Kai. On 8th December... During a regular Tuesday meeting about the spread of the pandemic coronavirus in the United Kingdom, scientists and public health experts saw a diagram that made them sit up straight. Kent, in the southeast of England, was experiencing a surge in cases, and a phylogenetic tree showing viral sequences from the county looked very strange. Ooh, is this Kai's a good writer, says Nick Lohman, a microbial genomicist at the University of Birmingham. Not only were half the cases caused by one specific variant of the SARS-CoV-2, but that variant was sitting on a branch of the tree that literally stuck out from the rest of the data. Quote, I've not seen a part of the tree that looks like this before, End quote, Loman says. Uh, Just a little bit more here. I'll just read one more. Uh, Less than two weeks later, that variant is causing mayhem in the United Kingdom and elsewhere in Europe. Yesterday, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced stricter lockdown measures, saying the strain, which goes by the name B.1.1.7, distant relative of BB-8. I
2: was about to say that.
0: Appears to be better at spreading between people. Uh-oh. The news led Medine Londoners to leave the city today. Yikes. It's yet again another moment that sounds like the movie uh, 28 Days Later. That's pretty uh,
1: much
0: 4-11. Yeah. Yeah. Before the new rules take effect, causing overcrowded railway stations. Wow, that's bizarre. Uh also today, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Italy announced they were temporarily halting passenger flights from the United Kingdom. The Eurostar train between Brussels and the British capital will stop running at midnight tonight for at least 24 hours. You can't get to Belgium, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gabby, what's, I mean, it sounds scary. It, can it be that all these countries are not over? all these countries overreacting? What's, what's the deal?
2: So the general thing I will say is no, because clearly they are having a surge. And anytime that there's a potential for something like this, you kind of want to, you know, tamp it down. But I do want to point some things out. I, I basically feel like every time I do this, I take a page out of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. Because <laughs> really, you know, this is, this is something that scientists have been saying for a while. The longer we let this spread, the more opportunities that it has to change itself and get better at infecting people. So, no surprise, here we are a year later, and it's learned new ways to infect people. You know, I think we've talked a couple times on the show about uh, D614G, which was a a mutation in the spike protein, which, again, enabled it to be more infective. That's, I think, the predominant worldwide strain right now. Um, And then this is a potential for a different one. The flu does this all the time. So I wouldn't necessarily be losing our minds because mutation, again, always sounds scary. Uh, But there was a couple things that I I still wanted to point out about what's happening. So this new strain with a very much Star Wars droid name (laughs) is only, it has about 17 amino acids mutated from the original. To put that in context, there's about 10,000 amino acids encoded essentially in the SARS-CoV-2 genome. Hmm. So it's not a big fraction of it that's changed. It's not like we're looking at a totally different virus. Um, so in general, they are extremely similar to each other between, you know, this strain and the OG that rolled out of uh, Wuhan about a year ago. It's also not mink COVID. Want to point that out? We had talked a couple of weeks ah, ago yeah. about mink COVID. So I, I don't want people to think like it's jumping to another animal and now all of a sudden you have this other one. This seems to have arisen just as a property of going through people. Again, the more people the virus goes through, the better it gets at Infecting other other more people, it's mm-hmm. essentially being positively selected for evolutionarily to in, be better at infecting people, but not necessarily more deadly. Um, so it currently doesn't seem like that's the jam. It just seems like it's more infectious, which again makes sense from a scientific standpoint. Um, it It's not un, it's not fully clear exactly what mutations are doing what or how impactful they are on making it spread more. Some of this might just be people having pandemic fatigue and doing riskier things than they would normally do. Mm. So, you know, if, if people are going back indoor dining, having small gatherings with each other, because it does seem to spread predominantly through indoor maskless activities, like, you know, thinking you're safe and having nine of your friends over. That, that might be a contributing factor and it might not actually be so dramatically more infectious, but I, I do think it's probably at least to some extent more infectious. Um, and what's interesting, too, is there this—so you're going to see mixed things if you start looking this up on online, and it took me until science published something for me to actually learn what the real story was. If you're looking for news about it, you're going to see that it. I've seen them either report a double deletion in amino acids 69 and 70 of the spike protein, or something that they're going to call N510Y, which just means at the 510th amino acid in the spike protein. Um, the amino acid changes N to Y. That's just a single letter abbreviation. Huh. And the N510Y variant completely arose again independently in South Africa and is spreading pretty fast there. And there's some evidence from um, science stuff controlled in the lab that it does seem to spread better. So yeah, that seems like another amino acid variant that the virus figured out. It's like, hey, this, this was working better and it's just being selected for. Happens by random chance and then spread better and so it's now increasing its proportion in the population.
0: Is it like if there was a pickpocket, let's say, a gang of pickpocketers, a muck? Because when I think of London, I think of pickpockets for some reason.
2: Is that the collective noun for
0: a group, of, a muck? <laughs> a muck. <laughs> a muck of pickpockets. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> running a muck. Ah. Uh, I like that, a thing, muck. Yeah, a that. muck a puck, <laughs> a muck a pick a puck otter. Well, you try to say that 20 times. Um, so you got a, a gang of, of uh pickpockets, like uh, you know, a comical version, the Keystone Cops version of uh Peaky Blinders. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. It's a fantastic show. It really is. Yeah. So these pickpocketers running around London, picking pockets, stealing wallets, and suddenly um one of them is better discovers a little trick or develops a, his skills or her skills a little better and gets better at picking the pocket. And so um, but but what you're saying is well, it just simply does what it does anyway. It's not necessarily more dangerous. It just maybe does it a little better. Is that right?
2: Yeah, so the danger here is just the fact that it can spread easier. So contacts that we might have thought were safe. It just means that yeah, it's it's a little, bit, a little bit more riskier to do certain things. Like, you may be uh-huh, masked uh-huh. off standing six feet away from someone in the same room. Right. But maybe that's a little bit riskier if this is the strain that's going around. I don't know. It's something where like, I don't know yet how we're going to control that. I think it's going to be a lot of case studies afterwards. Mm-hmm. Exactly like how we were figuring out that this is airborne transmissible. Looking at stuff and being like, all right… This is how far it went in the air. This is the proportion of people who were in the vicinity who got infected. So stuff like that is probably what's going to be able to determine how much more or less um, beyond just lab experiments. So can't quite say for certain what the difference is, but I think it's going to come out more later, obviously. Being more
0: infectious. I mean, spreading Mm -hmm. more is a danger in itself. Yeah, if more
2: people get sick, then, you know, the, the percentage of people dying may always be the same or may go up. If you have a lot of people who are sick because of hospitals being overcrowded, um, right. so that you know that risk does increase.
1: How much mutation has to happen before we need for the vaccines aren't going to be effective anymore? Is that a thing we need to worry about?
2: Yeah, so that's a, a big question, and the answer is we're not sure. I'm sure some mutations are more damaging to vaccine immunity than others, uh, and I think one of the things about this is that. The vaccine is going to be a selective pressure. So a selective pressure evolutionarily means something that is changing. You can consider the direction of evolution, what branches of the family tree get cut off, you could say. Um, So ones that the virus that's closest to what is going to be in the mRNA vaccine is probably going to have the strongest antibody response, meaning that's going to be the least likely to transmit. So ones with more mutations are, at least in theory, more likely to escape immunity. But these antibodies may still be adequate enough to kill it and it may be perfectly fine. But that's why I t- I've i been telling people get vaccinated, especially mm-hmm. right when you're able and right when it comes out. Because if this gets staggered, it's very weak. Think about it like, well, this may be a bad thing because most people don't actually do this. Um, when. <laughs> when when you get antibiotics you're to, supposed to take exactly as as, as long as they're prescribed uh, and not end earlier like a lot of people do mm-hmm. because what happens is is not all of the bacteria are killed yeah. and then what you've done is you've just selected for all of the ones that are resistant to whatever antibiotic it is that you were consuming so kind of yeah <laughs> so kind of similar to that you want to get the vaccine as soon as you're able to because instead, you know, the virus is being selected for globally right. oh, oh, mm-hmm. for not oh, being the one that we're vaccinated against. So you really don't want to stretch that out too much. I mean, maybe that's just me getting a little sci fi. If, like I said, if there's any other virologists who listen to this and are like, yeah, that's not actually that much of a thing. But it's
0: that. But that'd be great it. motivation for, yeah, those people who are slacking off or saying, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, you know, I want to wait. Okay, basically, you're going to get, you
2: know, <laughs> it's like, don't want, don't want us virus to not The virus is getting body
0: worse. Body. It's a race, yeah. Yeah,
2: it it is a race. It's the Red Queen hypothesis. Faster and faster you run, instead just to stay in the same place.
0: <laughs> cool. So, Matt, if you this is a good moment to for those who who don't uh, know, or we can all you always use a little brush up on evolution and uh, just this this notion of selective pressure, because I think that just uh, one thing I. I was thinking for this show is that most of the people listening, um, you know, agree with, let's say, I imagine, agree we should get a vaccine. Science is good. It's helping, et cetera. Um, f- listen to facts, believe facts, et cetera. But uh, I have never, I can't think of a time, except for maybe unfortunately some other past, you know, em- emergency that's, you know, like 9-11 or something around where so many people who I just meet just throughout the day, and I don't meet a lot of people throughout the day, but at the coffee shop or the, the, uh, the mailman, et cetera, who are asking about or talking about the same thing. And everybody's afraid of this mutation, and everyone's curious about the vaccine, but concerned. And um, I think if listeners, who are, you out there, anything we can do to learn to explain to people better um, how something works is helpful. Mm. You know, your, your friends or colleagues uh, may be among the few remaining trusted sources of information. So uh, what does that mean? So, like, what, so how, do, how can I calmly explain to other people, don't, don't freak about the mutation, this is a natural process? That, uh,
1: well, I don't know if designating it a natural process will make people feel any better. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the, <laughs> the reason we have a pandemic is because, uh, natural selection works very effectively. Um, uh, and it takes a little while to, um, uh, to balance out these sorts of things. But I'm not entirely sure that's, um, uh, a better understanding of evolution is going to make people feel better. Um, it might actually save lives because well, right. Yeah, yeah, decisions, that's, right? That's fine. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, things like um, that's, you know, Gabby brought up this problem where no one ever finishes their antibiotics. Um, A lot of the problem, uh, the problem is that uh, evolution will take advantage of any opening you give it. So Mm -hmm. if you half ass things, it makes things worse.
2: In the words of Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park, life Mm -hmm. finds a way.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although here, this is where I, I always struggle with this,
0: and maybe I'm an out, uh, 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 an outlier in this. I get confused. You know, I've had this problem since I was a kid. I get confused by intentionality metaphors, right? Like, like it does this. Now, life finds a way. Okay, life actually does, in a sense. It you know can you know. Uh, if you leave a piece of cheese out, the mouse is going to find a way to get that cheese. Um, but in this case, for instance, how do we explain it? I guess that maybe this is what I mean about calming down. It's sort of like, look, it's a mathematical process, and you should, is for me at least, a way of saying, you know, accept it. This is like a natural force. For instance, I, I've had um, I've known people who are watching the number of people who have died that you know are listed on the screen of some of most of the networks and of television networks and it you know it goes up and i've heard people describe that almost like they're describing the weather like oh it's gone up to three hundred and twenty four thousand today you know it's three thousand a day and i'm like you know you if we were looking at a graph instead it's like this is just mathematical it's going to go I could tell you what it's going to be in a week, unfortunately.
1: Or a month. Yeah, yeah. And people aren't very good at making, um, uh, making sense of exactly what those numbers mean. Like what does right. 300,000 people mean? Um, right. And that is something that's, um, uh, I mean, that's something that scientists can do, but I think that's more of a, a quest for the the media folks um, since they're the ones constructing the the infographics that people are looking at.
0: But I think they don't, this is another topic but i think they don't understand either that's that's part of the thing Um, so but but just so just getting back to this one little thing just this idea that this mutation what so gabby says for instance gabby explains to us that the vaccine is provides selective pressure on the system and so this mutation comes out just what what does that mean that what what's the simple just physical process the logic that's happening where this mutation happened and it keeps.
1: Um, well, if we go back to your Oliver Twist metaphor, um, <laughs> the, uh, the pickpocket who comes up with the new clever um, technique will uh, eventually get more money than uh, their competitors. Uh, and their competitors then will try to imitate that technique. Um, so for very quickly... Um, both A, that technique will spread among the pickpocket population because nobody wants to be the pickpocket who's not making as much money, um, and uh, B, for a short period of time, um, a small group of pickpockets will really thrive, um, right. and, that's, and that's what drives the other pickpockets to learn that particular technique. So, In fact, if,
0: if I were to re- remove even just a little bit more intentionality there take away the idea that the other uh, that, that the weaker ones are are noticing a change and intentionally trying to do something better it for for a while there especially right at the beginning what's happening is just that the good pickpocketers are out there and they're doing very well so the the the, the not as skilled pickpocketers are going to pick a pocket and finding that there's nothing there
1: yeah that's, right. the And then this, this is where the oliver twist metaphor gets rather depressing is those um the the pickpockets who haven't learned the new technique yet starved to death uh, yeah. So yeah. then, yeah. what happens? Hey, nature's cruel. Cool. That's right. Nature's what happens cool. is, mm-hmm. by definition, the only pickpockets that are left are the ones that have that new technique. Um, so it's it's sort of an unavoidable consequence that evolutionary processes results in death of the the less able um, in a given context.
0: Right. Yeah, so in I'm- a way, this new vaccine that or this new mutation, which is able to be more infective, infectious gets to someone first so then the, the the old one comes along and it's like oh sorry this body's taken exactly yeah, right.
2: or it or gets to someone where the other one wouldn't have so it's like oh you thought oh, you were safe right. before right no this is the velociraptor that can open doors essentially
1: wow. <laughs> yeah. that's all we need well that's coming <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> sorry i really love jurassic Park because i would feel fairly safe st- cowering in this kitchen
2: oh like, yeah, they don't <laughs> have
0: thumbs we're good no <laughs> Um. And so, uh, here's another thing I've I just I've been hearing a lot. So I, I think we need to address. People are saying, "Can we go travel for Christmas?" Now, in the UK, poor Boris Johnson is one of the few times I'll have sympathy for him here and there. Uh, is that um, you know he had to say really strongly. We can't go home for Christmas. They've, they've essentially, it's kind of incredible, they've isolated London from the rest of the country and the rest of the world is, anyway, London is really going in a major, major lockdown. Um, here, it's still up in the air. We're not getting clear. Well, there are clear messages, but not, not everybody's listening. So what's your um, response to People who say, well, I, just, just family, I'm going to travel. How do, we, how do our listeners tell people who ask them?
2: Yeah. So I think just family is kind of always a fallacy because, <laughs> yes, they may be just family, but unless you can account adequately for their actions and their contacts, they're not in your quarantine group. Um, and so, you know, I've talked before, my family is a very small unit. It's my two parents who live together, and then me who doesn't live with them. So we're only three people that we have to account for. If you are the family from Cheaper by the Dozen, you are going to have a lot more trouble assembling for the holidays because you have a lot more people you need to track. And I, I think it's it's a worthwhile exercise. Just but
0: Cheaper to- by the Dozen is what the virus calls that family.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I think it's a worthwhile exercise to just kind of sit down with your family or even just like think about it yourself and think, How easily you get into how many different contacts are essentially associated with you. Because, you know, think about, I I go into work and I live with two roommates. My roommates each see one other friend that lives in the city. And that, those friends have roommates themselves. I go into work and I'm working with 30 other people. Those 30 other people have families. Those 30 other people have families that have jobs potentially somewhere else in the city. Kids that go to school. And then they also probably have their own small section of friends that they interact with. And so me just saying I have my bubble of my roommates and then one friend that I see occasionally who lives alone rapidly becomes I am the nexus of hundreds of different contacts. Yeah. And it's it's a worthwhile thing to think about. But I think one of the things I did want to talk about in regards to people traveling relates to testing. Because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are going to say, I'm safe, I'm getting a test, and they're going to do it wrong. Um, which is unfortunate. So when you engage in something that you might consider a risky activity, so like say you go and visit someone for Christmas, like go and visit your family for Christmas, and you get tested the day after Christmas, you have done it wrong oh. because the virus takes about two days to get to the point in your system where there's, it's replicated enough that it can be detected by the PCR test. That's the standard test that basically everyone gets, the nose swab or the spit test. That's what we're talking about here. So if you get tested immediately after Christmas, you probably will not say that you're positive, even though you might be infected. So then you say, all right, I'm good for New Year's. And you go see a different group of people. And you infect them, because that is a very fast turnaround. Um, So ideally, the kind of testing that you do is you get tested two days after whatever risky activity it is that you engaged in, i.e. visiting family for the holidays or maybe a meal indoors that, you know, someone two tables away was coughing and you really bit suspect on that. Um, And you go get tested. Then you go get tested two to three days later after that. And in the interim, and the entire time before you have that that second test result back, you self-isolate. So you should treat yourself as though you're positive. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think the turnaround time for most people is going to be fast enough for them to spend New Year's with a different group of people than they spent it with Christmas. Oh, so to give you kind of an idea of my my apartment, you know, me and my roommates, we have some basic, you know, lay down the law stuff of if any of us have done anything. Because, you know, we have occasionally ventured out to see our families or, you know, oh, yeah. our partners. Like I've said a couple of times, my, my boyfriend lives in DC, which is not like, that's A little bit more than a jaunt away from where I am currently. And so, we have a rule that you have to be away from the apartment for at least a week. Mm, That's the time that it would take for you to show generally average symptoms. Granted, two weeks is safer. And so, you know, if the ability arises, then of course we stay away for like two weeks. And then get tested when we come back. But it's still very much like, even if you're visiting someone, you're kind of on lockdown when you're visiting them too. Because um, you don't know if potentially you, you brought it to them. And while the people that we we go to visit are safe, like I said, all of my, my, my boyfriend and all of his other two roommates, they all work from home. So the most they go to is the Harris Teeter. Um, it, it's still it's still like a risk to the apartment. And, and it's stuff like that that you have to weigh. And it might be difficult if you have New Year's plans to realize, oh, I probably shouldn't be spending them with different people. But it's kind of the choice right now with do you want to not see your friends or family for one holiday or do you want to kill them and right. i i tend to know and which side will, i lean on
0: yeah mm-hmm. and they will die alone i've, yeah. I've, I've had yeah, some right. in terms of convincing other people i've had some success um yeah and just a time i was actually talking to a friend yesterday about this and i feel like the media is uh, and as a member of the media i feel slightly qualified to poop on my colleagues uh but uh, they're just not showing you know we during the time of the vietnam war um it didn't end the war unfortunately but but there was great debate about how much war footage should we show how graphic right. should we be it was one of the first times there was a war where there was color film and the ability to get the pictures back and on the air faster was new um And they made the hard choice to show. There there was a lot of stuff they showed. Now, by the time we got to later wars, they learned to stop showing that. But there's been so little, frankly, graphic footage here. And graphic with this disease doesn't mean fluids or anything. Just show the room. I've seen occasional reports that show you lie prone. (laughs) You lie face down, you know, connected to... Anyway. Yeah, and... and, We were showing that people would get it.
2: And I'll say, like, one of the things that I don't know how much people older than me are exposed to is, you know, I'm young. I'm on the internet all the time. And people have, people my age have been putting out their accounts of what it's like to get this. Yes. And it's terrifying hearing someone who's not that much older or younger than me talk about how absolutely nuked they are for weeks. And some people are describing that, yeah, they have brain fog for like the next three, four weeks. And I think it's something where even people say it's just the flu. Most people probably have not experienced the flu. They're thinking, oh, I had a fever in flu season. Like, no, when you have the flu, you have body aches. Every part of you hurts. This is not an easy thing to get and then get over. I mean, some people are lucky enough to be asymptomatic, but it sucks. And if you die of it, it's… Again, I'm sorry and apologies to anyone who's listening who has had someone die of it, but it's not an easy death. It sucks. And when you're looking at, you know… I want to see my family for the holidays and it might be risky, but I mean, think about what the "but" is. It's, it's not just, they get sick. It's you, you might be killing said family member. And like, you know, I haven't seen my grandparents in a year, but I'm not about to go and see them because my grandfather is held together with more stints than sense. Mm. So <laughs> me deciding to hang out with him is not going to be good for him. I'll call him, but yeah. it's just, it's, it's not, it's not going to be helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, and, uh, staying in a hotel, you know, is expensive and it's really hard. Like, um, um, my wife was considering traveling way, way back before it got, got as bad as it is now and was saying, you know, if I travel, staying in a hotel for two weeks, no matter where it is, but especially in New York, if, if that's your only option is very uh, expensive. Yeah. That'll get mm-hmm. expensive fast. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, can, can we end on an upbeat note?
2: Yes, I would like to. That would be a lot nicer. You that vac- you had,
0: yeah, what's happening with the
2: vaccine? Yeah, so vaccinations. People Woo! are getting them. Yeah. I, what's really nice is, uh, you know, I'm in my boyfriend's family Discord. They're awesome. Um, shout out to the WeJam crew because I know they listen to this. Um, <laughs> and one of my boyfriend's aunts, she got vaccinated because she's a healthcare professional. Um, Pfizer is on blinding their study. Um, so I will be getting vaccinated. Well, I mean, if I'm whatever group I'm in, I have left that as a question mark on the show, even though I know. Um, so what and, does un,
0: un, unblinding is what you said. So what yeah. does that mean? What so exactly?
2: essentially, the trial is blinding, meaning people don't know whether or not they got vaccine or placebo. When we including come, including the
0: people who gave the, who in who yeah
2: yeah, so they injected. don't know either. And actually, because apparently the vaccine and placebo look different, they bring in a third person to give you the shot, who's not the person who handles your paperwork. So it's, Hmm. they they really, they go ham on this because like unblinding a clinical study is a big deal because blinding it is what gives it its significance. And that's how we were able to tell that it doesn't really cause any undue side effects. I've heard people, this is just an aside, I've heard people tout like, oh, one person developed, it was like MS in the AstraZeneca study and all of these weird things are in the placebo group. And they're just things that Uh. people would get diagnosed with around whatever age that they're at so it's it's not like a weird it's not anything from the study um but unblinding it is a big deal and that means that they are telling the people who are in the study what they got it means that the people who are dealing with the study now know what group was what um which is a big deal and then they're actually giving us the the vaccine which is again another big deal um because it is
1: the benefit of unblinding
2: well in this case it's actually more of a ethical thing Okay. So normally they would not, but it's an ethical thing with clinical trials that I, I don't think most people actually know that if a drug works really well, it's unethical to not give it to the whole study at that mm. point. So it's like for cancer drugs, for example, because that's the one that they teach us most often in school is like the example, because it's very binary. Um, most people people will get standard of care throughout the study, but if the group that's placebo and is only getting regular standard of care is dying it's unethical to let them die because in, in that, in cancer studies, they're, they're all generally like stage four. Um, it's unethical to let them die. So you give them whatever this essentially miracle cure is that you found. That's really, really helping the, uh, the actual drug group. Um, if it, if it works like miraculously well. And so this is basically what that is. And it's funny, I didn't think they do that, but my, my best friend is a, um, biostatician. And so he, His job is, you know, looking over clinical trial data. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they're going to give it to you guys because it would be unethical to not give it to you at this point. Um, So that was actually a pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and not just unethical because they care about you, but also just having you, you know, having all these people run around, you know, infected. It's just not not good practice.
2: Yeah, and, you know, they they got the data that they needed to. And the the data that they needed is essentially do people who got the actual vaccine get COVID at a lesser rate than people who got the placebo. And it turns out that, you know, 95% of the cases or whatever that, that people got COVID, they were in the placebo group. No surprise. So yeah. it worked out the way they expected.
0: Awesome. Well, I can't wait. I felt like in terms of the holidays, I, I feel like uh, one thing you could tell your friends and family members is let's just bank this holiday or however many holidays mm-hmm. it is that you had to skip in person. Uh, bank them, and as soon as everyone has been vaccinated, you know, have a big old family reunion. Christmas in July. Yeah, right. In July, you could have Thanksgiving, uh, whatever your religion's uh, winter solstice festival is, uh, Zagmuk, for instance. Put that in there. And you're right, and and if you miss Valentine's Day, maybe, too, I don't know, uh, uh, just save them all up. Just just going to be an amazing huge festival 2021
2: i I mean just looking forward i think it's gonna we are going to have the raging 20s because it is going to be people being so excited to be out like i mean i've talked to my friends here and it's funny i I have one friend who's very very stoic very you know dry humor and he looked at me he was just like yeah i'm gonna go crazy which was (laughs) the last thing i expected from this man but yeah we're all talking that we're all gonna kind of go a little off the rails but only once it's safe to, like, it's fine to perfectly make plans for the future. Just you know,
0: yeah. Keep building All right, so here, up. Here's how we'll end. What's the first thing you're gonna do? I'm going to go to the movies. I'm. Oh, I've been to craving
2: movies. movie theater popcorn for months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just want the popcorn. I don't even care about the movie.
0: Excellent,
1: Matt. What will be the first yeah, thing you movies do? Movies would be great. I would say specifically uh, Alamo Draft House. Is it a movie?
0: Yep. Ooh, yes. Peak. Indeed indeed and so gabby that's two movies gabby what will I, you
2: do? I feel like i'm gonna i, I gotta break this cycle but I'm, I'm probably gonna go visit my boyfriend surprise i've only seen him like four times uh but you know and then go to a movie immediately afterwards it's just like hey, right. cool nice to see you we're going to a movie
0: take him to the movie because yeah that's that's uh, that's excellent I like that. I'm also. I may tell my hairdresser to come with me to the movies, and she can do my hair. Yeah, haircut is definitely (laughs) in nine months.
2: My my friends have also. We've talked about throwing basically a frat party. Uh, We we are past the age of (laughs) frat parties, but we've all looked at each other and been like, "We want to be around people."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think you know Pfizer is going to team up with Budweiser. Yeah. The
2: (laughs) Pfizer.
0: Exactly. All right, everybody. So we're looking forward, we're looking excited. Stay safe. Make sure you and your family members uh, are alive and can make it to the um, uh, uh, Visine, uh, Visine, <laughs> Vaccine Palooza. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, Tune in. Uh, on Fridays, we do our regular what the if show where we do thought experiments generally each time. But uh, we have accumulated so many amazing ideas from you guys uh, in our mailbag. Uh, we, we we did some of those. Um, in our last episode so check that out whattheif.com you can listen to all the episodes or right there on your podcast app you can find the, the previous episode uh and coming up we've got more of that so we're celebrating the holidays with you with our listeners with all the amazing things and the wonderful letters you've sent us um if you uh if you haven't written in this would be a great time to do it uh go to the website whattheif.com and right there on the front page is a little comment box. You can you can send us some, either an idea for an if, as we call it, an idea for a thought experiment, questions for Gabby, questions, any questions you have about the uh, related to the pandemic or any of that stuff, um, send them along. You can also email us feedback at whattheif.com. dot um, and you know we might read your um, if you have a suggestion or a question, we might read that on the air. Uh, next week or in coming weeks, so get those in while you can, and enjoy. Ten, uh, tonight is the or to, to, tonight is the longest night of the year. Yeah, that's right. And after this, it gets well if you're in the northern hemisphere. I apologize to our friends in the southern hemisphere. I'm sorry, it's the shortest night of the year. Is that correct? Is that how that works, Matt? Uh that's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so celebrate and think of all the the light and the warmth that is coming or if you're in the southern hemisphere the light and warmth that is coming to your heart if not to the sky <laughs> thanks for tuning in uh see you on friday and then we'll see you next monday for what the if news